happening now, that miracles are taking place right now. I was doing praise in Him. Amen. All things are possible. All things are possible. Come on, sing it out. Say, He's still. Stone, taking over like a chair. My 
invite his presence to come in a little bit deeper, a little bit thicker tonight. Hallelujah. Yes, the world will bow down and say you are God. Every man will bow down and say you are king. Soul and star right now. Why would we wait? King of glory, fill this place. Just wanna be with you. Just wanna be. your cry. I just want to be with you. Why don't we sing it to him? Yes. yes. The world will bow down and sing Every
Come and fill this place. God of this nation, oh God, we thank you, Lord Jesus. God, that we push back the forces of darkness. We break the power of darkness, oh God, and witchcraft, oh God. We thank you, Jesus. God, that you're causing us to triumph. You always cause us to win. Lord, and we thank you for that. We thank you, God, that we win. We thank you, Jesus, that we are victorious through Christ. We give you control over this service, over this, uh, over this evening tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. You may be seated. We're so glad that each of you are here. We want to welcome you to Praise Church. And we have an amazing, amazing uh, service that the uh, Holy Spirit is just going to download. We have great expectation. Bishop in, in the house, amen. And we got uh, Pastor Dreen in the house. And uh, Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> And we're so honored and so excited to have you all, and we are expecting great things to take place. So um, we are, if you have a connect card that's in the seat in front of you, if you want to fill that out. If you don't have a church home and you're looking for one, look no further, okay? 
Praise Church, we would love to have you. We are a spirit-filled church. We believe that God still does miracles today. Amen. Amen. And not just believe, but we see. Amen. We see that. We see the activation of that. And so um, we want, if you have any questions, if you're needing assistance somehow in the service, you would please see our ushers. You'll see the badges, and they will be happy to assist you in any way. Amen. We welcome you. Um, if you want to find out any information about our church, you could go to our website, praisechurchoflouisiana.com. And I'll turn to you. All right. Praise God. Amen. Amen. We're going to take up our offering for to cover, you know, the expenses and stuff because we will do a love offering at the end of service um, because we believe in blessing the man of God. Amen. And so all of this goes to, you know, covering travel and expenses, the general things. Um, tonight at the close of service, we will have a love offering in Every penny will go straight to Bishop Tuta Bismarck and his family and ministry there. So um, as the ushers would get ready, you know, I'm just going to share with you some encouragement. You know, I told Beth, I said, I already gave. It was like four o'clock in the afternoon because I was in my garage doing things. And the Holy Spirit said, give now. Because we are people by the Spirit, amen? You understand that when we live by the Spirit, I don't have to hear one, mouth, uh, one word out of Bishop's mouth because I know what God is doing, you know what I mean? And so it's not like I don't have, I'm just going to challenge you all. You don't have to wait to hear the word to decide what it's worth. You have to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit, amen? And so this past Sunday, I'm going to share this with you because I want you to be encouraged. I, I, I play basketball at a men's group, and I was playing basketball, and there was this young 24-year-old boy. And before we start, we pray, and we take prayer requests. And for the last two times I was there, this young man kept saying, I need physical, physical security, I need finances, and I need healing. And I'm like, he's so young. I mean, what could be going on? And so the first time, I didn't really think about it. And then the second time, it hit me, and during the break, I said, man, what's going on? And he said, I have this virus or disease or something, but the doctors can't figure out, but I can't hold food and water down, and I'll just go for days and days and days not being able to eat. So I'm worried about my health. I'm worried about money. And I said, don't you know that salvation is more than just being saved from hell? Come on, it's divine healing. Come on, it's provision, it's protection. You know, the word sozo. And I shared this scripture with him, and I'm going to share it with you. But it's 3 John chapter 1. Beloved, I pray that in all respects that you may prosper and be in good health. Come on, just as your soul prospers. God wants his people healthy, amen. Come on, I, I believe in God for a healthy church, amen. Come on, I'm believing God for a prosperous church, and not only monetarily, become in the soul. Because if my soul doesn't prosper, it doesn't matter how much money I have in my bank account, eventually my soul's going to drain it. And so we must prosper in all aspects. So I just challenge you with that. So I'm going to pray, and you may come up to give, and then we will have an announcement video as, as we start to um, move on in our service. But Father, I thank you for the opportunity to worship you, O oh God. Father, I just praise you, God. Father, for you are a good God. Father, that you are faithful, that you are on time, O oh Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for the, your spirit that lives inside of your people.
handle the volume of what's coming because to whom much is given and much is coming so you are your greatest prophet you must prophesy on your life we gotta save the future by saving our present we gotta save our great-grandchildren by saving our children it may not happen here but it's going to happen in my lifetime i believe if rubbish happened in a previous generation it ends with me i'm going to the enemy's camp and my enemy will feed me a better day is coming in your life a better moment is breaking through for your life here comes your miracle here comes your miracle bishop tudor bismarck is coming to praise church of new orleans june 29th 30th and july 1st 7 p.m nightly Visit praisechurchoflouisiana.com for additional information. than your enemies. He's bigger than your challenges. He's bigger than your struggles. He's bigger than your sickness in your body. And he's about to prove himself again and again and again. Your favor is connected to some unfinished business. Your calling is connected to some unfinished business. You are emerging in a time where everything you need is already there. are so excited that you are here. We are elated that Bishop and Dreen are here, and we are most honored that the Holy Spirit is here. Anything can happen because he is here. Amen? Thanks to those of you who have come. Some of you have come distances. Thanks to all of our, several of our people that have come from our church in Gonzales. We have several more that are coming at various nights during the week. And uh, thank you to Pastor John Ortiz and Pastor Patricia for being here from Texas. We're glad y'all are here. Y'all broke away from that baby for just a little bit to come down here. Yeah. Oh, you got her on the phone. Okay. All right. <laughs> Well, we're glad that y'all are here. We're glad each and every one of you have come to be with us. So um, I know that we have not filled up every chair, but don't take that and make that, you know, the assumption that you can come dragging in late the next few nights because I've got, I, I know one couple alone is bringing 15 people Friday night. So it's going to be packed, and we've got a crew on their way right now from Golden Meadow. They got detained, but they're coming in at some point during the service. They were texting me, so it's going to be great. But the most important thing is that the Holy Spirit is here. Bishop has had uh, uh, been with us a few times over the years, and so Bethany decided yesterday morning, she said, I think I'm going to put together, and some of you, if you were here early, you saw it, but she put together a five-minute countdown of when he was with us in our building that we lost in Hurricane Katrina, 
And then it's got a few clips of when he was here with us in 2019. So it is a five-minute video. It's not normal that we would take five minutes in a service to watch a video, but we are because we want Bishop to be able to see this and to see the memories of him ministering with us before. A few of the highlights we have, you know, do you know that after Hurricane Katrina, we lost all of our video footage, but I happened to have with me when I evacuated his two DVDs. <laughs> so we have that. We don't have hardly anything else because it all, we lost it all. But uh, we, do, we do have those. And so Bethany took a few clips from that and put this together. So we're going to show you that five-minute video right now. And I know it's going to bless you seeing it. And you'll see a lot of faces, friends. Some people were in those services that moved away. We haven't seen them in all these years. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, it's awesome. God's raising up a group of people that want to serve God, want to live right and take dominion. The church is an army. In the army, they tell you when to get up. They tell you when to make your bed. They tell you when to eat. They show you how to march. They send you to Iraq. You can't say, I don't want to go to Iraq. I want to go to Hawaii. Get that sorry butt to Iraq. You're in the army now. It's time for the church in New Orleans to fight for your life. Kick out of your mess. Fight the devil. There's no weapon that's more powerful than a worshiping saint. If we we'll praise him and worship him and pray and love one another and commit to the power, we'll go back to the intent of God. God is moving at an accelerated rate. We must move with him because we're going to miss that moment that God has set for us. It's time for us to get up and progress. Come on, praise church. You're going to help me here. We get the hand of the devil and we come against it in the name of Jesus. There's oil money in this church. There's oil money. There's oil money. Come on. Loose into New Orleans for the church. We lose the power to get wealth in the body of Christ. We break the hold of the devil on the Mississippi River. We break that thing in the name. Shut up, devil. Shut up, devil. Shut up, devil. You spirit of Python, we bind you. We break your head. Stand on your head. We loosen your grip. The money's coming. The blessing is coming. We bind abortion and witchcraft and drugs. We bind it in the name Kamala. We're taking this city. Shut up, devil. We are taking this city. We'll be here too long. We are taking it by force in the name of Jesus. 
have this move of God that's been pending over this region. And let's really believe God that what is overdue this is the generation that's going to reap the other men's harvest. That the harvest is long overdue. If somebody's going to reap it, it might as well be me. If someone's going to be blessed, it might as well be me. If a church is going to grow, it might as well be mine. If someone's going to make $5 million, it might as well be me. I'm calling tonight for some family to stand up a generational blessing and let's take what God has promised this region for years. The season for the breakthrough is here. There's apostolic juice that's rising up. Deliverance is inevitable. Revival is on the way. The breakthrough is here. Generational money is about to unfold. You're about to get a permanent burning. The devil is a liar. Amen. God has taken all of that to save it for one big harvest. He hasn't given it to you in one chunk after the next. It's just one massive harvest. I want the devil and his mother-in-law to know it's coming in one harvest, baby. It's a bumper harvest. So enlarge your territory. Lengthen those stakes. Enlarge your tent. Lengthen those cords. Drive the stakes in. It's the season of enlargement. This church, I'm telling you, you're about to explode, my goodness. And we call it now in the name of Jesus. We call it. We insist on it. We believe it. We take it. We claim it. We own it. We possess it. Now you see why this is my favorite preacher. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I don't think he'll ever know uh, the depth that he has uh, uh, touched our lives and changed our lives. And uh, we were just on the way over here in Bev, so we listen to your messages all the time, and we do. And uh, you understand why. So for those of you that have not heard, how many of you have not heard Bishop Tudor Bismarck? Wow, you're in for a treat tonight. Amen. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be receiving an offering for their ministry at the, at the close of the service, and we want to bless them. But I know that uh, tonight you're going to be blessed. I know that as Josh was quoting this passage, brethren, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health. The caveat to that is even as your soul prospers, Tonight, your soul is going to be full. And what you do with that is only up to you. God's going to pour into our life tonight. And uh, it's up to us to receive it, but it's up to us also to do something with what we receive. We don't want to let it sit dormant. Amen? So why don't you give a good New Orleans welcome to uh, Bishop Tudor Bismarck as he comes today and ministers to us. Amen. Good evening, everybody. Ah, oh, that was kind of like weak. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Amen. So I can't go far, no. 
It is very nice to be here. Amen to um, your amazing pastors. Uh, really. Uh, pastors Garland and Bev Burbo, we really highly love and respect you guys. And we'll get to the mishy mishy stuff in a minute, but also to Josh. Where's Josh? Where did he go? Ah, there he is. Thank you for looking after my baby. I came to threaten you again. <laughs> and to Bethany, good to see you. And uh, Derek and Erica, God bless you. And to all the leaders that are here, I heard a couple of names. Pastor John, it's good to see you guys. Really, really good to see you guys. And uh, you drove from Houston? Beaumont. Drove from Beaumont. Well, that's not as bad as we had it. But... <laughs> Uh, coming towards uh, Bobby Edwards Church, that UPC church there, it started backing up a bit. And, uh, but thank you for enduring Interstate 10 <laughs> to be here, amen. And just everybody that's here this evening, thank you for coming out this evening. Uh, 2020 was a difficult year for everybody. We didn't do too much ministry. And uh, a number of significant changes began to take place, needfully, which were on the cards to uh, take place in our ministry and so on. And uh, so our son, Dreen, is the oldest of four. Uh, Dreen has a master's degree from the University of Houston. And we kind of like sort of hoped he would remain in the US uh, for all kinds of reasons. He did come home and started working for our ministry, took a leave of absence, and has come back as CEO, and has transformed a lot of the way we do ministry and our approach to ministry, et cetera. And so uh, I'm traveling with Dreen on this trip, and I really enjoy traveling with Dreen because he's so easy to travel with, and he makes my life easy. Uh, and officially now, he used to think he was my boss, now he officially is my boss. <laughs> so he practiced in telling me what to do now. What he's practiced is perfect. <laughs> and so greetings from my wife, Cheech, and uh, our sons and their wives, greetings, and so on. And uh, so with uh, Garland and uh, Beverly Bilbo, from the Triumph Conference days, uh, we had some really wonderful moments, really significant moments of love and friendship and care. And Pastor Bev never, ever changes, stays the same. We can't say that about our wonderful friend. I mean, like, we have changed quite considerably. But uh, when we were planning our calendars from 2020, 21, I felt uh, uh, less of a need to travel and more of a want to to be home. And so when we were putting together the calendar for this year, we just began with a couple of anchor meetings, you know, of strong relationships that we're in. And so for this particular trip, uh, my, my birthday is January the 5th, I was born 1957. And so there's a whole bunch of us that are 1957s, and we're the best group, really. <laughs> I mean, we gave the world a Chevrolet. I mean, who can beat the 57 Chevy? 
I say it's Rod Parsley, Bishop Jakes, Gary Oliver, a whole bunch of us that uh, are 57. So Rod Parsley sent me a note to say happy birthday to you. And then he asked me if I could preach for Dominion Conference, which comes up on Sunday, their 35th uh, anniversary of Dominion. And we were very honored to be considered to be part of that ministry. And so then we began to build the trip around uh, that particular meeting. And uh, so we felt it was needful and very essential that we came to visit the Bilbo's. Even if it was just to go and have a bite to eat somewhere, we just, we just felt it. And then as we were planning, we felt a need for three nights. And uh, we didn't want to feel like we were imposing ourselves on our august elite friends, but uh, they were so accommodating for three nights. And so, in part and parcel, I was saying to the Lord, you know, what's up with three nights and so on? Because on this trip, I will be preaching 16 different messages that are all from scratch, none related to each other except this particular series, which is revival. I'll be preaching on revival every night with the results that we're believing for, for revival. And so tonight, the message is entitled, Revive us again tomorrow. Things we learn from history, history of revival, and how that can be released here. And then on Friday night, there's going to be a deep call for revival. And uh, we are expecting God to do something significant. Amen. 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 Father, thank you for our time together tonight. We commit this time to you. We commit this three days to you. We come against all demonic mischief, and we pray for a total intervention of the Holy Spirit, assisted with high-level angels, uh, to do a work that you want to do, have been meaning to do from when time began. And you've chosen us to be in this place, as I'm sure and certain in other places, but you've chosen this place tonight for us. Revive us again. Revive us in the moment. Revive us and bless us in Jesus' name. We ask amen. amen. Do you want to say something, Dream? Do, do you want to say something? Do you want to say something? Are you sure? You can. Let's go to Psalm 85, uh, verse 4. I left a set of my clothes at home. I would not normally wear jeans in church. And so let me just get out, that out the way. Uh, but it looks okay, right? They should have been skinnier, though. I mean, it's like... <laughs> it's like hypocrite skinny. They should have been skinny jeans. Psalm 85, verse number 4. Psalm 138, verse number 7. Turn us, oh, before I read that scripture, you guys should have let that guy that preached for five minutes preach, man. I might as well should have just let him keep on. I've got to follow that. Oh, my word. All right. Let's go to Psalm 85 and verse 4. Turn us, O God of our salvation, and cause our anger Toward us to cease. Is that Sam? 
How do you do, Sam? Is this your boy? Yeah, start goofing in there, figure out the way, I and mean, just look like you know how to play. <laughs> and then when we're ready to roll, you play and show them that you can play. Good to see you. I bet you won't come here tonight. At 65, you get goofy, you do all kinds of crazy things. <laughs> Psalm 85, verse 4, let's rewind and go back. If Agent Smith walks through that door, Neil, don't let him in. Turn us, O Lord, of our salvation, and cause your anger toward us to cease. That's two requests. Will you be angry with us forever? Question. Will you draw out your anger to all generations? Question. Will you not revive us again? that your people may rejoice in you. Say, revive me. Revive. Shout, revive me. Revive. Show a little bit of passion. Say, revive me. Revive. Amen. Amen. Show us your mercy, yes. O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Raise your right hand and say, so help me God. Psalm 138, verse 7. Psalm 138, verse 7. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, and there are other scriptures that it's a different message, but it's a, a message I'm putting together. It's, it's entitled, Though I Walk. And so there's Though I Walk Through. So he says, Though I walk in, not through, in the midst of trouble, you will. Revive me. Man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Job 14 verse 1. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will, you will revive me. Shout, you will revive me. I need everybody. Amen. Say, you will revive me. You will revive me. You shall stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemies whoever and whatever they are, including gas prices. Yes, yes. And your right hand shall save me. Your right hand shall save me. Uh, there are many scriptures that have to deal with God's right hand. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so when God extends his right hand or fellowship to you, Apostle Paul, as Saul, on the road to Damascus, is going to change your life forever. When God extends his right hand of favor towards you, you now have an immunity where there's very little that can touch you, and God will have to grant permission for any agent to touch you because he then rebukes the devourer for your sake. Amen. And so to all those that are watching online, uh, wherever you are in the world, the revival that we're preaching here is extending to you. And you too can be a very tangible part, a very, very uh, lively part of what God is wanting to do here. And so uh, when we came in onto the parking lot, we just, I, f I felt something significant. 
even though we don't walk by feelings, we try to walk by, by faith. But there's something here, you know, I've been a Christian now, I'll be a Christian this year for 50 years, got saved in 1972, I was 16, and uh, started preaching a year later. And so in my early years, I asked the Lord to take me wherever revivals were in the world. And uh, I've been to some revivals in the world, some of the very best in history I've been there, and spots where revivals broke out, Wales, England, France, Germany, slash Scotland, parts of the United States. I've been in revival corridors just to get a feeling of what God was up to, what God was doing in that season. Uh, going to places like Topeka, and Azusa, and Pensacola, and Toronto, and uh, the corridor from New York to Omaha, of a revival that broke out in 1854 that was interrupted by uh, the horrendous civil war in America. And then other revivals uh, that I went to uh, spots in Los Angeles, the place where uh, for many, many years there were a group of women praying at a place called Weeping Willows. And it was an uninterrupted prayer meeting for years and years and years. That prayer meeting stopped when uh, the Japanese attacked the U.S. Navy in Hawaii in Pearl Harbor, and many of the uh, families were affected by that, and people that were displaced, and that revival ended because the prayer meeting ended. Phenomenal revival in Ethiopia took place in the 70s, and uh, Dr. Mengistu was sharing with us that in a short space of time, several million people got saved with un uncanny, unusual uh, signs, wonders, and miracles, and physical apparitions of angels, and even, in some cases, uh, light, which was uh, a visitation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in a matter of months, over two and a half million Ethiopians got saved. And uh, he took us, this is now, probably 30 years later, to a prayer meeting that was partly responsible for some of that outbreak. And that prayer meeting was still uninterrupted from the time they started praying, 24 hours a day, for decades. And every now and then I get to go to Addis Ababa in Ethiopia. I might have a moment and breeze by that prayer meeting and just hold the walls because you can feel decades of prayer, layer on layer. You know, our ministry, uh, its 24-hour prayer was interrupted by COVID and the lockdowns and so on. And one of our plans is to get that prayer initiative resuscitated again. Uh, and it, it is uh, those uh, deep moments of intercessors wailing and calling on the Lord that when Zion travails, then a nation is born. Uh, it's when Zion travails that God brings the Hannah and uh, the revival and the rain. Please say amen. amen. And so as I stepped in here, I felt the anointing, but also I just felt really impressed to mention to you that the Holy Spirit said to me that there's a really, really very, very deep ancient river, spiritual river, underground river, that's been flowing for years. And the water is so deep, it's not even gonna be ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, it's waters to swim in. 
and somehow that river is going to break forth in a significant revival. In a significant revival. And so let's begin to break down the scripture systematically. And this is Psalm 1, Psalm 84. And he starts the psalm uh, in verse number 4. And David is writing here. And, and you know, there are times when uh, you can be right in the middle of the will of God and not feel anything. You can be right in the middle of the will of God in a storm and Jesus is sleeping in the boat. I mean, he's right here in church in New Orleans. And he's sleeping at the back of the church. He's like, yo, gee, wake up. And that's an exasperating moment. And isn't it amazing when the disciples needed him, he was asleep. And when he really needed them, they were asleep. Uh, turn to your neighbor and say, don't sleep. You might wake up married. <laughs> Ask Adam, amen. He fell asleep and got up. He said, oh, wow. Wow. I should have slept earlier. <laughs> and so uh, uh, God is not a man. God is not a man. Uh, and that's Numbers 23, somewhere in there at the end. Uh, God is not a man that he should lie. Say, God is not a man. God doesn't think like a human being. God doesn't act like a human being. God understands human traits, human tendencies, human emotion. He understands that. But God is not going to lower his, here's a word, his Godistic standard to be human. He did that once for Jesus, and Jesus went back to being God and and releasing to mankind based on his experience with humanity. But God is not a man. And, and when he begins to bless you, it's because he trusts you. God doesn't bless a person because he wants to bless. God blesses a person because he trusts that person to manage the blessing. If you can't manage a blessing, you're not going to get the blessing. So, uh, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. By faith, we believe that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So, we are believing God for something. That's faith. We can't see it. We know we have to have faith to believe that that sycamine tree, that mulberry tree, uh, that mountain, that need must be met. And most of Jesus' encounters with people, it was because of someone's faith. It was their faith. It was the centurion's faith. It was the woman of the issue of blood, her faith. When Jesus saw their faith carrying the lame man, when he saw their faith, you know, and he kept on saying to the Syrophoenician woman, it's your faith that caused the devil to be cast out of your daughter, you know. And in Jairus' case, Jairus said, uh, 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 when they said, your daughter's dead, don't trouble the master, uh, Jesus grabbed him and said, don't believe that word. He said to him, only believe. And Jairus said, Lord, help thou mine unbelief. 
vigorously uh, uh, exasperating circumstances sometimes in our lives that can suck everything out of us. And when we seem like we don't have faith, it then becomes apparent that we have the most faith. And when we think we have the most faith and step out of the boat and walk on the water and we sink, at least he tried, at least you tried, it appears now you have to have faith, more faith in God. Mark 11, 22, 21, have the faith of God. And, and so, so there are times when God is there, but you can't feed him. There are times when you feel like God is here and he's not there. Uh, but the best thing is that, that when you get this feeling like we're sensing, you just can't sense it, that the HG is up to something here. I have no idea what the HG is up to. And it could be just an assignment for one person. If it's just for one person, it's the HG that's responsible for, for this meeting anyway. And, and so, and so, so uh, uh, we, we now sense that it's going to be... A, a permanent anointing that's going to leave a permanent feature by the time we leave. So in, in, in Psalm 84, 85, verse 4, will you be angry with us forever? He's asking, David is asking. They did something, the nation did something, the tribes did something, the palace did something, his family did something, and the question was, will you be angry with us forever? So ask that question, say, God, will you be angry with us forever? Can you ask that question again? God, will you be angry? And so as an African, from an African perspective, with every conceivable resource, uh, firstly, mineral resource, Mineral resource. Secondly, arable land. There's no continent uh, as large as Africa that has arable land as we do. There's no continent like Africa that has fresh water like we do. There's no continent like Africa that has wildlife and uh, features for tourists as we do. Uh, there's no continent, well, I'm not sure after the last few days here with all the sun that I really enjoy, the hotter the better. But there's no continent that has consecutive sun as we do, with favorable weather conditions as we do. I mean, America's crazy. You know, in one season, you get hurricaned out. In another season, they tornado you out. And when the hurricanes and the tornadoes are done at you, then they freeze you out. <laughs> and so, but uh, we ask the question all the time, what is the reason that Africa's not being blessed? And we try to find scriptures like Psalm 68, 31. You know, we look at Isaiah 19. We look at different scriptures. You know, what is the reason, God? And the question is, will you be angry with us forever? Are you angry with us? What have we done for you to be angry with us? And I'll go through a little list. The second question is, will you draw out your anger to all generations? And so after uh, preaching now for 48 years, and Dreen now is a father of twins, Eden and Idris. And Jason, our son, has a daughter, Amelia, with his wife, Tadiwa. And TJ and Lashan, hopefully they got on the fast track. And maybe I can send them a few pictures. They can add twins to their deal. But, but what, what, what is Eden and Idris, Dreen's twins, what are they going to experience? And what can I share with them after so many decades of ministry? And so... Uh, God, if you're angry with my generation, or the generation before mine, my dad's generation, 
or the generation before my dad's generation, his father, my grandfather. And we learned at my dad's funeral that my dad's grandfather started churches in Malawi in 1896. We had no idea that there was generational blessing and generational anointing and generational uh, 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 rights for, for the kingdom of God in our lives. We always thought, because of my mother's Islamic background, that we had challenges there and we had no uh, rights spiritually in our uh, sort of spiritual family tree. And we concentrated more on getting rid of generational curses than investigating and trying to benefit from generational blessings. And at my dad's funeral, I don't even think he knew. At my dad's funeral, it was told to us by his brother that my dad was one of uh, the one preacher that was the third generation. And so I was liberated that funeral, weeping for my dad, but liberated because here I understood, wow, we are four generations. And God is now either visiting the iniquities of the uh, fathers on the third and fourth generation, but at the same time, God is also visiting the, 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 the seeds sown and the prayers sown and the good deeds done to the third and fourth generation. And our prayer shifted dramatically from saying, God, deliver us from this curse to God, release your blessing. Shall God release your blessing? Oh, it's going to be good in a minute or two. I can feel it pushing already. And so we, we asked the Lord, will you be angry with our generations? And then the question is, if, number one, you are angry with us forever, please don't be angry with us. And number two, if you are angry with the generations, uh, don't be angry with our generations. We, we want to now begin a series of generational blessing. And then he asked the question, will you not revive us again? And so you've been angry with us, you've been uh, angry with our generations, but we're now asking you, regardless of your anger against us, against our generations, we're asking you to revive us again. And, and even though you may not have experienced a personal revival in your life, you may have read of revivals, and the person next to you may have such a spectacular testimony, it makes you feel like you're not even saved because the way they got saved, it's like Jesus came in and said, you know, yo, Beth, I want to make sure that you're part of the apostolic team. And you mean, you just got saved at an altar. Nobody even knew you were there. But I've met guys who say they were sitting on a bar stool and they were like stoned out of their mind and somebody started playing a song like Amazing Grace by Dolly Parton there. It's like amazing boys with a bad pipe in the background. And they find Jesus in a pub and become a preacher. It's like, shucks, that's not fair. I need a bar stool. <laughs> and so, so, so the point here is that uh, at some point in your Christian walk, every one of us get a bit of a taste or a hint or a view of what revival looks like or what revival is or you've read about it 
and there are little spots in America and different parts of the world where certain churches have an appearance of some sort of revival because their music is now uh, elevating <laughs> and uh, their, their sound is uh, getting better. You know, they got better lights and et cetera, et cetera. And it appears like all these people coming in that this is a revival. And that's kind of some of the things we desire. However, what God wants to do, and we've got to do all those things right, uh, you know, get the church looking good, music looking good, da-da-da-da, people smelling good, all of those wonderful things. <laughs> Trust me, that really, really does help. But, but at some point, at some point, the HG comes into a room where it's undisputed. This is not, this is not uh, pyro text, and this is not lights, this is not you know, smart music or great talent. This is the HG. You all know it's the HG? Yeah, you know it's the HG. And so, will you revive me? And God says he will. He will. And so revival in a simple definition, I hope you're timing me, Dream. In a simple definition is what was dead is brought to life. What was dead is brought to life. And, and when you're dealing with people, you know the church would be great if it wasn't for people? Turn to your neighbor and say, are you a people? Turn to your neighbor and ask them, say, are you a people? Uh, my sister didn't think that it was very clever, amen. But it's true. It's true. And, and what happens is that, that uh, uh, Paul said, walk out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling. And so when we got saved in 72, we were called aside before we were baptized in a, in a big river, some sort of a dugout where the council was building roads and the summer rain filled those pools and we got baptized in muddy water, etc., etc. And uh, our, our missionary was from East Texas and had a bit of sense of humor. He said to me, oh, by the Tudor, aren't you lucky? that you're getting baptized in muddy water. And so the muddy water is going to conceal the color of your sins when you go down. <laughs> but, but way back then, in 1972, when we were baptized, praise God, in the name of the Lord, way out there in the middle of Luveve, something sparked in our lives. And, and, and uh, we were then encouraged to pray every single day with fasting three times a week for revival. And we knew that revival would, would bring because something that was dead can be awakened. Something that was dead will be awakened. That which was shut down will be loosed and set free. What was uh, trapped inside a cage is going to bust open and, and going to be set free to experience the power and the glory of God. So there are a few reasons why we don't have revival. Number one, apathy. Just apathy. It's like same old, same old. I'm at the 8 o'clock service. and just kind of like drag in, you know. It's like, I don't know where brunch came from. It's like, we'll, we'll, we'll just slip into the service, have brunch. You know, when some churches have a coffee shop at the end, so we just like drag our hiney out and go have a coffee, a a latte. A latte with caramel cream, and it's like, uh, just like throw Jesus a bit of a tip, 
And it's like, oh, I got my little worship in. Yeah, I'm going home. I'm going to the golf course. I'm going fishing. I'm going to the bayou, bayou, whatever you, you got over here. And I'm going shopping, whatever you're going to do, etc. And so apathy sets in. We got our little service in. We're happy with that. Number two, affluence is the greatest killer of revival. Because every revival that ever began, began in a very unassuming place and suddenly starts attracting all kinds of people and affluence begins to take over. And so even though we attain to do better, we attain to speak better, we attain to get uh, a better quality, a better looking building and all those wonderful things, uh, sometimes those things very quickly take the place of a raw, uh, nasty, snot, crying, messed up hair, clothes all over the place revival. True revival is tears and snot. That's true revival. Amen. Because the H.E. will make you cry. You will be so undignified. Amen. And, and true revival will mess up your schedule. True revival will mess up that hair that you took, Shaka Khan, all that, that week to put together. Your hair's gone, Shaka. Yeah, Dolly, your hair's far gone. Praise God. And so prosperity kills revival. And so, uh, 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 in, in, in terms of, of, of uh, God being a blesser, you know, I think Josh alluded to the fact is that, is that God at his worst is a blesser. And so when God found you or found some of you or some of us, we had one shirt, one pair of shoes, you know, one little hair on the top of our head. But then God starts blessing you, turn into a Don King. You got all these glad rags. I got a smile out of you. Finally on the front row, amen. You know Don King, amen. You know Don King. And so you had no car. You had to get a, a, a ride to church. Now it's like, honey, which car should we use to go to church? You know, it's like you had no food. It's, uh, you know, you're like making stuff from scratch. That's like a strange word in America now. Making stuff from scratch. Like, baby, which restaurant should we choose from? You know, what shall we eat? And now we've got Uber Eats, except. <laughs> oh, it's, one, it's funny. It's wonderful. But affluence <laughs> and uh, prosperity. Entitlement is a killer of revival. And so it's like, uh, you know, my mom and dad prayed for this, they had revival, I'm just going to slip in here, I've got the church, I've got the building, I've got the money, I've got the girl, I've got the horse, I've got the sunset, I've got the cruise liner, amen, I've got the numbers for the lottery, I've got all of it, etc. I don't need God. We don't say that, but we find ourselves with Jesus outside the church saying, yo, it's me, let me in. Medicine has taken God out of the church. I'm not against medicine. We need it. I'm not against doctors. Jesus had a doctor. His name was Luke. Wrote two books. Yeah. And in the midst of all of that, Luke was there to help Jesus with his headache dealing with his apostles and Judas. <laughs> but Judas will give you a headache. You need a doctor if you've got a Judas on the team. And so, but Jesus never spoke against that. But Jesus healed in spite of. And Luke's, Luke, in his two theses, one the gospel to Theophilus, and second one, the book of Acts to Theophilus, the second treatise, both highlighted the, the uh, qualitative miracles and the hands 
uh, the works of Jesus' hands, the phenomenal miracles that were produced by Jesus' hands that are not seen in the other Gospels because Dr. Luke was, was stunned as an Aristotelian, Socratarian uh, student from Alexandria as to these mighty works of a man that's supposed to be unlearned, didn't have school, but was way ahead in terms of uh, uh, Greek philosophy, Roman culture, uh, Hebrewic teachings, Babylonian struck. This guy was way out there. His IQ is way over 200, and he's just dropping wisdom bombs everywhere. Never had a script, never had a book, never had a teleprompter. Amen. <laughs> Sorry. What's the point having a teleprompter if you can't read? <laughs> come on, Tudor, come on, come on, get it out of here. Move, 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 move. So medicine is a killer, it's a killer, it's a killer. Because in Africa, they say, we have more miracles in Africa. Well, uh, well, duh, the, the, in our area, where Cheech is going on Sunday and Dreen's wife, Tari, on Saturday for our medical program, it's like five doctors for thousands of people. And they are like 25 uh, 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 kilometers apart. And so for any sort of medication that people need, they get to a clinic or a hospital, there's no medicine. And so the walk there is tedious. Now when you get there, you gotta walk back. In one of our missions, there's a man that carries water with his ox cart. He carries water for the school, five kilom three kilometers one way, just for the kids to have water. And the children in that area don't have, because of COVID and challenges, they don't have hot food in their home. So the school is preparing a hot meal for them once a day. And it's just basically greens and a type of cornmeal, a type of grits, which we make. It's a hard cornmeal. And that's all the kids are eating as a hot meal. And so in those areas when the kids are sick, you got to pray for them to be healed. you got to pray for them to be healed. And so medicine has kept the Holy Ghost in heaven. Rejecting the scriptures now has become a key to rejecting the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in Matthew 22 and verse 29 that uh, uh, he says uh, to them, you do greatly err, not knowing the scriptures, number one, and number two, not knowing the power of God. Matthew 22 verse 29. And so moving away from the scriptures where people are explaining what Jesus said. It's like Clinton, you know, it's like what's the definition of is. And so we've got guys that are now trying to explain a very simple scripture with God's intent to get blessing to man, to complicate the whole thing. And volumes and volumes and volumes and volumes of books uh, to disprove Genesis chapter number one. In the beginning, God. That's so controversial in many, many schools of thought, even within Christianity. In the beginning is God. So what did he mean is God? God what? How many gods? God, what is he saying? What did he do? You know, it didn't, it's impossible for creation to have taken place in a 24-hour day for one particular day. And God said, and the first and the uh, uh, evening and the morning were the first day. Oh, that's not possible. It's not a 24-hour day. It had to be a, a dispensational day. Or it had to be a, a millennial day. Or it had to be some sort of quantum time measurement or some sort of uh, uh, slice out of eternity. Well, who cares whether it was a day or the, it, it's year, isn't it? There's still sun. Boring. Sun, moon, star, water or water. How do you say water? 
Wait, how do you even spell water? W-H-A-D-A-R, water. And so now things that are immaterial suddenly now become so essential for us to discover. And all God is wanting, like Abraham, is for somebody to diligently seek him. Is he in the prayer meeting? Is he in the praise and worship? Is he in the preaching? Is he in the altar call? Bishop Kate, it's good to see you, man. Amen. Is God in the, in the parking lot? Is, is God in the hotel room? Is he in the prayer meeting? So Abraham's keep on searching, 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 looking, looking. And God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Number eight, the reason the Holy Ghost is not moving and there's no revival is there's a low expectation on Sundays in churches. There's a low expectation. And so now you have this really thin little word. I mean, a really thin word. I mean, the word's like so anemic. It's like the word is like being on a vegan diet. It's like there's not even milk. I mean, Paul said, you guys are on milk. You ought to be on meat. But this is like watered down milk. It's like a half, it's like a grain of milk and filled up with water. And people are saying, yo, that's deep. God is looking for somebody. He's talking to a woman at a well that is open to revival. And she says, well, you know, we worship here in Samaria. Jesus says, hey, girl, let me just cut that attitude real short. No, not here. Amen. The time is coming when God is not going to be worshipped in Jerusalem or in Samaria. For God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so the word of God can be as deep as you want it to be or as simple as you want it to be. If you make the word God extremely simple, you have a problem. Because faith comes by, hearing comes by, and without faith it is impossible to please God. So the more words you get, the deeper words you get, the greater faith you have. And the greater faith you have, the more you can do, and that pleases God. Because the more you can do, the more you can manage. And all human beings have ever been given to do is to manage what God has given you. See, if you believe in God for a million dollars, can you manage ten? If you can't manage ten, forget about a million. Your prayer should be, God, teach me how to manage ten dollars. And then teach me how to manage a hundred dollars. Show me how to manage a thousand dollars. And when you manage that consistently, tithing is, is paying rent to live on God's earth. So when God gives you an amount, can he trust you with just paying rent? 10%. Can he trust you with an offering? Can he trust you with being on time for church? Can he trust you to sing? To clap your, the Bible says, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. So I watch people in worship. You want God to bless you and he can't trust you with a shout and a clapping of hands? Forget about really being blessed. How are you going to ask for protection? To protect you from all the stuff that's going on around you. When you give God things that you can see, 
God will give you stuff that you can't see. Give someone a high five and say revival is coming. Give someone a high five. Do, do we high five? Do we high five post COVID? Do we high five? We just fist bump somebody and say, yeah, bro. Amen. God is up to something here. Really done with this list. And so talent is a great hindrance. We were at a place the other day. This young lady was singing the fool out of that song. She was hitting notes on that in that song that I don't even think you could find on a piano. This is like the 88th note, right? She was way up there. I mean, she was way up there. And everybody was a standing ovation, clapping their hands. She was so talented, so gifted. But the old school guys, like, I was just looking at her. Because there was zero anointing. High on talent, no anointing. And so the plan is, you know, if you can sing, I mean, if you can't sing, please don't sing. At least here, at least on the front, sing there, just moan over there, but at least here. But the Bible commands us to come before his presence with singing, singing, singing. He doesn't say for those that can't sing, so we all sing. Some of us will moan and grunt, but it's our attempt to sing. But on the front, it's skillful singing. Are we together? And so we sing before the Lord. And so what we have done throughout the years, we've ignored those that cannot sing and preferred those that can sing, and rightfully so, but we've misunderstood for those that can sing and replaced that talent for anointing. And so uh, talking to Violet Kitely, you know, I noticed Patrick is coming soon. His grandmother was sharing stories. Which I traveled with her just a bit. And she shared a few stories about the Lateran movement, of how they had no instruments. And at one place, they were playing spoons and bones. And, and in those services, the, the power of the Holy Ghost would move. The atmosphere would turn blue. The power of God would fall. And she was telling us about uh, Patrick's son, David, when he was a little boy, uh, that she'd go with him in the Saskatchewan revivals. And, and there were times when she'd even forget to eat. Because the revival power was so real and so thick in that place. And it basically, people would start breaking out into the, the, the revival song of that era. God is moving by his spirit, moving all over the world. Signs and wonders where God's moving, move, O oh spirit, in me. Because there's a theme that goes with revivals. It kind of like opens the heavens. And, and when people would break out in that song, basically... Uh, 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 even those that couldn't sing really, the power of God would come in and work exploits. In the Pensacola revivals, the song that was there was uh, Darlene Czech's song, Shout to the Lord. The minute they started singing, Shout to the Lord, the Holy Ghost would go absolutely crazy. Because that was the song that was current around the throne of heaven. That was the song that was pleasing God and feeding God. And in reciprocation, God was blessing humanity. And then, uh, on a more negative note, the reasons revivals have stopped is iniquity, transgression, sin, unrighteousness, unholiness, ungodliness, wickedness in high places, spiritual dimensions of things that are totally unfathomable, there are heinous crimes that human beings commit around the world that are so stunning, the, the least of which would be human sacrifice, 
There are other things that are so heinous from, from abuse of young women, human trafficking, uh, sacrificing body parts. I mean, it's heinous. The drug crime in America is very, very concerning. The, the killing crime, the, the gun crime, the shooting crime. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And it's no exception to other parts of the world. And so that kind of like stifles the move of God but sets the platform. And then the last one is what hinders the move of God is the insistent pounding of divorces. They never sleep. They never rest. Uh, they, they, they've not known to, to sleep or rest. They are cheap psychologists. They were there. They understood what happened with Adam. And for all the millennials that have gone by, they understand human behavior. They are chief psychologists, chief manipulators. They are chief uh, 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 organizers of rebellion, witchcraft, idolatry. They get a human being to worship something quickly without you even realizing that it's idolatry. And so there's this constant push of demonic forces. And they'll get in everything. They'll get in your computer. They'll get in your camera. They'll get in your car. They'll get in your hair. They'll get in the organ. They'll get in the piano. They'll get everything to disrupt you from concentrating a few minutes on worshiping God. The kids are fine until 10 minutes before church and suddenly their nose starts running or someone starts tripping or the battery on your car is flat or suddenly the corn on your toe starts showing up <laughs> and starts throbbing. I believe you understand what I'm saying. And so those things are impediments towards revival. But revival is imminent. God promised in the scriptures by his word, irrevocably, that he will send a revival. He told Joel, a revival is coming, and there's going to be two parts of that revival. There's going to be the first part, which will be experienced in the first church, but there's a second part that's coming at some time in the future. And so now we have seen in the last 120 years, little spates of revival, starting with the 1854 uh, revivals in the, in, in the USA. And then began to break out in the European revivals in Germany, 1883 and 1885. That revival was interrupted. Well, well, then the revivals that broke out later, which we'll deal with in history of revival, was in uh, Topeka, Kansas, and then went to uh, Azusa in, the, in Los Angeles, West Coast. And every major revival, every major revival that has broken out, including the first one in the first church, was interrupted by war. Was interrupted by war. And so, but God promised, knowing that, knowing the tactics of the devil, knowing his, his devices, God promised in the Old and the New Testament that a revival is imminent. And, and, and for revival to come and to be imminent... The one thing that is an imperative with revival is the individual, which is revive me. And is God, if you're going to do anything anywhere, do it in me first. Say, God, do it in me first. And God is about to work a good work in you first. Lord, if it's going to be 
it's up to me. And so in the first night of these revivals, I'm committing myself to being a prayer machine. I may not be able to give uh, an hour a day, but Lord, I can start with a few minutes in the morning. Early in the morning will I seek you, O Lord. Oh yes, I'm looking for your mercies. I feel preaching now. I'm looking for your mercies that come new every morning. I got Sam on my left. I know everything's gonna be all right. I got Robbie at the back praying for me. Oh yes. Say Lord, send a revival in my soul. I heard Paul say about Jesus. In Romans 14 and verse 9, for to this end, Christ both died, Christ rose, and Christ revived. You may have died, you may have been buried, but resurrection is imminent. And following resurrection, I will be revived. You may have lost all your money and it may have been buried, but your money is about to be revived. You may have lost your testimony and your testimony may have died and your testimony may have been buried, but it's going to rise again and it shall be revived. Shout, Lord, revive me. I feel something cooking up in here. God is about to revive someone. Oh yes, from your feet and your ankles. It's going knee deep all the way to your waist. The devil is a liar. I'm about to swim in revival waters. I feel the power of revival coming in my spirit shout Lord revive me shout Lord revive my neighbor clap your hands if you have to the Bible says in Genesis 45 and verse 27 they came and they told Jacob they said your son Joseph is alive and Jacob was saying don't mess with me I, I have been dead all these years when you told me that Joseph was ravaged by an animal something died inside of me and then you came and said, a man in Egypt wants Benjamin. Egypt always wants the fivefold ministry to control it. And Jacob said, I can't send the son of my right hand into the land of Egypt. And the praiser said, Judah said, I'm the praiser. Trust me with the fivefold ministry in Egypt can I preach like a Felix and so when the five-fold ministry goes to Egypt 
it releases the gift of Joseph to be restored to the original apostle's mandate. And when they told Jacob, your son Joseph, that is a multi-dimensional expression of who you are, is still alive. He's not dead. They thought he was dead. They took him for dead. They put him in jail because they thought Potiphar was going to kill him. They thought jail would take him out. The lice, the rats, the inmates. But in his jail, God revived Joseph and brought him up. And in a strange land, he got revival. If Joseph could get revival in a strange land, Jacob, how much you in a land that God has promised. And when Jacob heard that Joseph was alive, I heard the Bible say that his spirit was revived. Oh God, wake something up in me. Revive me. Revive my spirit. Revive my desire. Revive my worship. Oh yes. Oh yes. Give God a praise when I work this out. And Jacob said, it is enough now that Joseph is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. I died once, but I'm alive now. But I got to see the promise of God. I got to see the dreams come true. I got to see the vision come to pass. Shout, I shall not die, but I shall live. I will see the end time revival. What God promised you as a young woman way down the road is coming, it's coming. Shout revival. Shout revival. Shout revival. There's a train coming. It's the revival train. There's a freight liner coming. It's a revival freight liner. There's a semi coming down in the state 10 and it's coming with revival in his wings. The Bible says the son of righteousness is going to rise up with healing in his wings. Revival is on the way. Resuscitation is on the way. Restoration is on the way. Give someone a fist bump and say get ready for revival. Get ready for a move of God. Get ready for the Holy Ghost. Get ready for miracle signs and wonders. Get ready for chill bumps. Get ready to be slain. Ah! Ah, yes. Oh, yes. Can I preach like I feel it? Oh, let me preach this thing like I feel it. Revival is coming to praise church revival is coming to praise church revival is coming to new orleans Baton Rouge. revival 
and worship God as he's reviving me. You can join me if you want. God called Elijah. He was part of Samuel's team. Samuel as a prophet started the school of prophets and one of his anointings was that my words will not fall to the ground and so in his school of prophets one of his students was Elijah the Tishbite and in 17 of 1st Kings verse number 1 he shows up at Ahab's step and says by my word not thus saith the Lord by my word not a word will fall to the ground there will be no rain for three and a half years I heard the apostle James say Elijah was a man of like passions as we are he prayed that it rained not for three years and a half and it rained not and then he prayed again that it would rain this time seven times and it rained and rained and rained someone say yes and after that dramatic miracle God sent him to Cherith he was there for nine months then to a widow he was there for a couple of years and in that time the widow's son died and God said uh, Elijah said to God why did you send me here to cause mischief in this woman's house she was doing so well without me being here and the only thing she ever cherished is something that looks just like her late husband and that's her son every day when she sees her boy she sees what she used to have now you're taking away what she used to have and what she does have and the bible says elijah took the boy up into the attic if you want revival it's always on your knees on the way up and so he went up and when he got into the attic the bible says he stretched himself on the child several times the death of the boy was a gift for elijah because now that the boy is dead this big old man had to stretch himself on a baby what does that mean it simply means that elijah's faith had to be raised to a level to deal with jezebel so to the little boy thank you for dying thank you for breaking your mother's heart Thank you for causing a prophetic problem. Thank you for causing a prophetic inconvenience. Because without your death, I wouldn't have been able to stretch my faith to the next level. God is about to stretch you to a revival. And the Bible says that when he stretched himself, that the boy was revived shall revive 
revival is coming. God's been stretching you and stretching you and stretching you. Now that you've been stretched, here comes the move of God. Samson in Judges 15 15. The Bible says after he fought with a thousand Philistines and used a weapon of antiquity a, as a jawbone of an ass and killed a thousand Philistines. He was dying of thirst and he took the same tool, the weapon of warfare, became a tool of revival. You've been in war for so long. You've been fighting in the trenches for so long. You've given your life and your money and your energy and your time and your tears for so long. And that weapon has killed so many devils, moved so many curses, broken so much poverty, lifted so many lives, and you're weary now. But the same weapon is about to release refreshing in your life. Oh God, revive me. Oh God, revive me. Don't be angry with me. Revive me. Don't be angry with my children. Revive me. Don't be angry with my nation. Revive me. Don't be angry with America. Revive me. Don't be angry with all the things going on in drug dealing and human trafficking and killing people. Don't be angry, God. Shout, Lord. Don't be angry. Say that three times. He will not hold his anger for very long because God is loving, tender-hearted, and merciful. I heard Samuel Solomon say, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, and pray, then I will hear from heaven. I will heal their land. I will revive their soul. Oh God, don't be angry. God, don't be angry. Send revival. Revive us again. Revive my soul. Revive my mind. Revive my strength. Revive my hope. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus and his righteousness. Revive my hopes and my dreams. Revive my finance. Revive my family. Revive my gifts. Revive my calling. Revive my nation. Revive my ministry. Revive this church. Revive New Orleans. 
Veteran Rouge, Louisiana, revive the bio. Oh God, don't be angry. Revive us, oh God. Shall Lord send revival? Say it two more times. Lord send revival. Lord send your power. Lord send your anointing. Lord send your bulwark. Lord send your angels. Lord send miracles, signs, wonders, prosperity. Shout Lord. Send revival. I declare revival is coming on me. Revival is coming on me. Revival is coming on me. Clap your hands. I want you to spend a couple of minutes asking God to revive you. Revive me, O Lord. There's a train of coming. There's a train of coming. There's a revival coming. There's anointing coming. There's power coming.
couple of prayers. The first one is just general repentance. We are not responsible for an individual's decision or choice to do whatever they do. But somehow through an individual's decision or choice, God somehow holds a people or a place or a generation responsible for that particular violation of a spiritual law. And so we want to just stand in the gap in a moment of repentance and I'll lead in the prayer should you be willing and able to pray the prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for awakening revival to us. We now stand in the gap and we repent. We ask for your forgiveness for every spiritual and physical offense that has been committed against you and your creation. Those that we know of, those that we are unaware of, we repent. We ask for your forgiveness millions of babies killed around the world. We ask for your forgiveness for the hundreds of thousands of people that have been killed around the world through the shedding of innocent blood. We ask for your forgiveness for the abuse and misuse of your word in Christian churches around the world. Because you don't think as a man. We ask you as God to forgive on our behalf and release now your power. Release now your mercy and grace. Release now your loving kindness and tender mercies and release now your spirit to revive me revive me again seconds just to soak in this release.
witness again. According to your comfortability, if you are willing to join hands with somebody or touch their fist, depending on your level of comfortability. And if we can just join the aisles as we pray for each other to be revived. Send revival to Harare. Send revival to Zimbabwe, oh God. and woundedness. Revive me, oh God. Revive me, revive me, revive me, revive me, revive me. Give me a new tongue. Give me new worship. Give me a new desire, a new of revival. Release it. Your blessing of revival. Whisper a prayer for the person on your left and right. Just whisper a prayer. Revive my brother. Revive my sister. Revive. 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 Pray for a family member who is not serving the Lord. Send revival to my son. My daughter, my grandbaby, my uncle, my aunt. Send revival. Visit the house. Send an open deed and blessing to my uncle's house. Oh God. Send revival to my brother in prison.
Jackie here, a Jackie? Is there a Jackie here? Is there somebody by the name of Jackie here, a Jackie? Jackie. There's a Jackie in my brain. I just can't get anyone with a Jackie in their family. You got a Jackie in your family? There's a Jackie that really needs a prayer. Come, baby, let me pray with you. Can you raise your hand? Are you Jackie? Jackie, wherever you are, we're now sending a word to you. Send a word. Amen. Well, the world is right. You can just point anywhere. You got a Jackie in your life? Let's send a word. What is the Jackie in your life to you? All right. Let's send a word to Jackie. Father, we send a word to Jackie right now. Wherever Jackie is and whatever that challenge is, like you did for the centurion, we send a word and heal. We send revival. We send angels to touch and minister to the respective Jackies right now. Lift the spirit of depression. Lift the spirit of discouragement. Lift the desire for uh, medication and drugs. Lift that desire. Pull it out of their veins. Restore them in their right mind. Bring health and strength. And restore a relationship they had with you. Revive, oh God. Revive, oh God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much. Stay standing. Stay standing. I want to pray for Praise Church. And we'll do a prophetic work. Probably Friday night, a lot of some of that. But I just want to send a word to your pastors that I've been through so much. You know, somebody kind of like cussed me out in Zimbabwe, and this might be bad for America. In Zimbabwe, it's not really a bad thing. They, they just, I made a comment on something, and the guy told me to go to H E double toothpicks. He used the word. And so I just responded, I've been there. I've been there. So I just want to get a t-shirt. I've been to hell and back. And so you've been there. You've been there. The wonderful thing is that you don't smell or smoke like Meshach, Shalik, and Abednego. So Father, send revival to our apostle and prophet in this house. Revive their soul, their mind, their spirit. Revive their expectation, their desires. Revive our friends. Quicken their hearts and their spirits. Thank you for their very optimistic outlook towards life anyway. And thank you, Lord, that they have no anger, no bitterness, no regrets. But it's all you. 
It's all you. It's all you. It's all you. Thank you for blessing, oh God. We're, we're so overwhelmed by your blessing. We're so overwhelmed by your great blessing. For Josh and Beth and the team that works here, bless every one of them. Just revive, 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 revive. All those that have been in the trenches for so long, revive. John, bless Bishop Kate, bless Revive, bless Robbie, bless Maurice, Revive, Revive. Eric and Erica, Revive. Bless Sam, oh God. Bless Dreen and Tari. Bless Chi Chi. Bless Jason, Dougie, and TJ. Everything lost entire investments. Revive us again. Good heart. 
got a good heart, a really good heart. Throughout the years, from when you were like this, it's been tampering with your heart. All kinds of things have tampered with your heart. Come through really well. You have cause to be angry, but then all of that. A lot of, in your eyes and on your face, a lot of life's journey. Christ's about to revive you in a unique and special way. Through the most unusual songs and most unusual scriptures. God bless you. Revive you. In Jesus' name. on the road to raise an offering. I don't normally do that. I feel this one though. Probably the only night I will and then I might say that tomorrow, I'm not sure. But I hardly ever do that. I allow, uh, I generally get the host to do that. And so uh, we've revived our medical program in Zimbabwe. Our medical unit that was taken off the road. It's a hospital on wheels. Uh, Dreen's wife, Tariro, is over that program. And Chichi, my wife, and Tariro and the team are going for its first medical trip this Saturday. Uh, they're going to do the groundwork for that in an area I've worked with for many, many years. Uh, children are not eating well there. Uh, we put a water well just a few weeks ago. And so the money that you're giving here is going towards helping those initiatives. And we thank in advance for your generosity and your deep heart. It's going to help somebody. It's going to help somebody. And as the Lord drops something in your heart, these offerings generally become investments for generations. Investments for generations. And maybe tomorrow we can maybe send back a clip on that Matoko well we did and maybe a couple of pieces of the medical units. And uh, I, there's no need for me to fabricate, you know. Uh, if I really needed big money, it's not likely uh, that we'd come to a church like this. We'd probably be somewhere else as we cross the Louisiana line at the Sabine River. <laughs> your generous gift. Father, we pray for every gift. Bless our givers. Anoint every one of them. Let their generations be blessed. I need my seat. For purposes of accounting, please put your name on it, your address phone number, etc. If you're writing checks, make them out to Praise Church. We so appreciate that. Amen. What are we doing for a song? Is Bethany coming? Uh, please bring your offering. May the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for your hospitality tonight. Amen.
just wanted to tell y'all, some of y'all know this, but when Hurricane Katrina came and destroyed our church, the first offering we received was from Bishop 